Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Good evening? Hello. The sun is setting on this arc. Time is an illusion. Memorial Hall Nemoro Memorial Hall. Memory is mutable and also reality doesn't really matter. Twelve Monkeys. I haven't seen that show, is that good? I don't know about the show, but I okay. think the movie's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's based off La Jetée. What's that? Uh, it is a uh, weird experimental movie made in... Uh, you, you'll be shocked by this. Made in France. <gasps> uh, about a time traveller who... Uh, he goes back in time, I believe, to prevent... As time travellers I want to do. Yeah, I believe to prevent the murder of someone and then creates the murder to happen right oh, in front yeah. of his eyes, Look, as time does. We've all been there. But 12 Monkeys is like, oh no, you're not a time traveller, you're just insane. Ah, and they try to convince him that in fact, oh, I'm not here to prevent anything, I'm just here. And then he keeps getting pulled back and they're like, have you done it yet? Have you prevented the murder? And he's like, you're not real. None of you are real. Is this Tenet... No, Tenet is bad. Okay. <laughs> I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Valentine, the other one of the co-hosts. This is Tenet World, the Tenet discussion podcast where we watch Tenet, but we don't watch Tenet, but we try to figure it out. We watch it backwards because it makes more sense. Okay, it's the Tenet podcast where we, at the, at the for the very final episode, uh-huh. we will watch Tenet and then discuss it as if having seen it for the first time, because we have. Uh, <laughs> but then for all preceding episodes, Wait, we I discuss have... it as if we ch- as if we've seen it. Oh, but I have seen. Well, then Tenet. I can't do this podcast with you. Ah, shit. Wait, no. But what you do is you say that you haven't seen it. Yep. And then you comment as if you have. Oh, and at, I say I have. At the seen. halfway point, we switch. Exactly. So I watch it and I hit you on the head with a coconut so you lose your memories exactly. of having watched it. And then you come in, you're like, hey, everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. And I'll be like, Tenet. who am I? This is, of course, JoJo's World, our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast where we are watching Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant while waiting for part six, Stone Ocean of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. It's coming. It's coming. We don't know when, but, uh,. Estimates that I've heard, and these are all just people on the internet guessing, suggest <laughs> either maybe uh, September, October, or 2022. 2022? Look, it's hard to know how much uh, the whole COVID state of emergency can delay a thing, you know? Yeah, but like, I want it now. We all want it now. We're all little Veruca salts clamouring hungrily for more sweet anime. <laughs> Where all those tiny little crabs deep in the ocean don't clacking care away. how I want it now. They're all clacking away, wanting that sweet, sweet krill. But alas, the whales have been eating up the krill. Friggin' whales stealing all my gacha results. Exactly. And so all David Productions has to work with are the remnants of whatever krill they can find, which is not as much as... The Amazonian I'm not really whales. tracking this metaphor. Well, I'm just saying that uh, Jeff Bezos has taken all the krill from the ocean. Yeah, but what are the krill in this context? Uh, money. <laughs> because he's taking all the royalties for buying all the JoJo's merch. I don't... Oh, he's a huge anime fan. Yeah, massive anime fan. And thus he's like, hey, if I make the anime So he's buying all their merch, thereby giving them a heap of money, therefore they have no money? No, 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 because he's buying it from Amazon, who are the ones selling the merch. And Um, then... Taking all the money back. Nick, I'm bored of this bit. All right, fine. (laughs) We'll ignore the crabs then. We love the crabs. We love the crabs. 
indifferent to the crabs, but I respect them. The crabs, of course, were the first baseball team to ascend. Ah, I see. I think they might be back now, though. I've kind of stopped paying attention. A noble team, if ever there was one. Nick. Yes. Revolutionary girl, Utena. What about it? Episode 23. The terms of of a duelist. Mm -hmm. The likely climax of the Black Rose arc. We're not fully sure because we didn't watch the next one. No. But fuck, we are not going to watch the next one. This was a climactic episode, if ever I, Liam S. Smith, have seen one. And I guess so as well. (laughs) This episode, uh, IMDb has qualifications of a duelist, Mm -hmm. but frankly, fuck them. They're owned by Amazon. (laughs) You know, if there's one thing I hate more than anything, it's Amazon. But not the Amazon. Which we need, and there's rapidly less of. Yeah, because fuck everyone. As the student council searches for answers as to who is behind the Black Rose duelists, Utena is already poised to fight the mastermind of the plot. Would we say that happened? Yes. Would we? Okay. All right. Hmm. I'd say, like, that kind of happened in a way. Not exactly, but kind of. I feel like between last week's IMDb summary and this one... Yeah, that kind uh, of encapsulates... They kind of got two things mixed up in each other. Yeah, yeah. Nick, okay, this episode, there's a lot going on. Finally, Utena looks into what's been going on and has some realisations... Uh, and fights and defeats Mikage. But then in the final minutes of the episode, we get some Tyler Durden-style reveals and also some reveals about how in this particular work of fiction, time and memory are kind of mutable. Mm, They're intertwined as if the eternity of memory that the world needs is... (gasps) I had... Nick Nick seems to have just had a realisation. The end of the world... The world needed the memories, Liam. I feel like this isn't as big of a... What, what, if, what if the end of the world is the end of memory? What if I am literally gouging my hair out right now being like, but what if? So, oh. segue. Um, yeah. I was going to talk this week about uh, some kind of realisation or moment of clarity I thought I had while editing last week. Uh-huh. Uh, based on some discussions we were grasping around but didn't really make a coherent... Um, Discussion of it. Or conclusion on. Oh, I see how Which it is. was that, uh, specifically regarding our discussion of Archeo as the deliverer of the tasks. Archeo as the deliverer of... Oh, yeah. And also about how in this fiction, um, things that, you know, might be a storytelling metaphor can be expressed literally by the characters, which I yeah. think that, like, it's something that this episode has... Has very, very much, much done. <laughs> no, very much done. What's no? Hang on a minute. It's everything is literal, but also a metaphor. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But also everything's a metaphor that is also literal. Yeah, the, this isn't Ooh. contradicting what I'm saying. But what? But okay. Yeah. Continue. We, we are in agreement, but you are expressing it as if you are disagreeing with I me. I don't like what you're <laughs> saying. Yeah. So what? What the sort of moment of clarity that I had was. Thinking back to the first flashback episode, uh, Akio talking to unnamed Sky Castle Prince mm-hmm. regarding how oh Uteno has progressed through the duel for for I can't remember what any of the terms were, but like the duel for choice and the duel for for love. Mm. Uh, you remember that? Uh, no. And then like all those stained glass windows were lighting up in particular oh, colours. Oh, you mean like at the very, very end of the last yeah. season? Yes, I yes. remember. Yep. Uh, so that, it occurred to me that, you know, whether or not he's the one designing these tasks or or just merely delivering them, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But it feels like those task envelopes from End of the World are specifically designed to uh, 
Incite the revolution. Incite the next step of whatever these, the duel for choice, etc. Mm. is. Because remember, they, he said, like, she may even go all the way to the duel for revolution. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like based on this episode, the whole Black Rose arc was the process of converting Mikage into one of those steps and then discarding the whole thing that he was when he was done through okay. time and memory. Uh, we'll get I, to that. Yeah, I don't know, but sure. Yeah, anyway, that's where I'm at with regard to my understanding of this show at the moment. What if... This is going to sound really weird as a theory, but what if... Because in the same way that Mikage... At the end, Mikage's like, oh, he was never... He just sort of disappears. Mikage, Mikage just, sort of disappears. Just disappears. Yeah. And the whole thing seems to have never happened or has been erased from people's memories. Unclear. Now, is that why no one remembers being sorted? No, the people remember being sorted. The people don't remember being, remember being black-rosed. Hmm. 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 Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. What if there's... And it hmm. it kind of circles back to how um, last week we were talking about how when Tokiko, uh, Cheetah, Lee left the school, she grew up unlike everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this week we learned that Mikage has been tied to the school through his memories of the deceased Mamiya, uh, thereby keeping him in that state of arrested development. And then he's sort of been retroactively released from that, thereby making sure that Nemoro left and Mikage, as we knew him, never existed. I guess? But like, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It's real weird. Yeah. I, I suppose we may as well just dive into it. Okay. But before we do... I've got a producer note from Ikahara. Ooh. All right, you madman. What do you have for me today? Episode 23, The Terms of a Duelist. Oh, this is going to be fucking insane. This is a long one, actually. Ooh. The climactic duel scene. I agonised over the dialogue between Mikage and Utena and over Akio's dialogue in the last scene. I edited it over and over right up until the 11th hour, just before voice recording began. The last scene. The original plan was for it to be Tokiko on the phone with Akio. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Side note, got a note from the list from a listener uh, pointing out in the past week that, of course, uh, the Toki character in Tokiko's name uh, refers to time, which is relevant to how we're talking about how she uh. has left and was like a prominent figure in the past, but has escaped and is doing her own thing now. Oh, time passes for her. Of course, as yeah. uh, famously vocalised by... Uh, Dio in the climax of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3 Stardust Crusaders uh, Activating his time stop magic powers And yelling t What is it? Toki wo tomare or something like that? Does that mean Stopping stop time, time <laughs> Baby <laughs> Yeah This is my dub of Jojo Part 3 Where Dio just shouts Stopping time baby Do you reckon it would be a more fun English dub If everyone spoke what like if, me? <laughs> if if uh, if Dio was like stopping time, baby. Dio was like a sort of the Fon style character. Hey, bet you never had some knives thrown into you, have you, buddy? <laughs> I'm Dio, baby. You'll never touch me. Oh no, you're touching me, and I'm dying. Jodoro states exactly the same yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. So the original plan was for for it to be Tokiko on the phone with Akio, and then there's a sample of proposed dialogue here. Mm -hmm. Why, hello, Tokiko. Have you thought about what I said? That's right. About Pref Professor Nemoro. He was lying to himself, clinging to his past with you. And then end of dialogue. 
It was an all an illusion that Mikage himself had created for his own sake. Mm. Yes, that dream that he let 100 boys die seems to be another lie he told... This is dialogue again. Oh, okay. Uh, seems to be another lie he told himself to keep himself in the past. Oh. It's just like magic, isn't it? Why do you suppose so many people believed a false rumour like that? Perhaps they wanted to believe that miraculous power dwells within friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we went with the dialogue in the episode. Yeah. The illusion Mikage wanted to see were the Black Rose duelists people within people his illusion resonated with. More dialogue. While you cling to your memories, time stops. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Perhaps the what well, perhaps that was the eternity he found. Though yes, good idea. Pauses as if someone else is speaking on the phone. Mm-hmm. If you'll come and fetch him, I imagine he'll be released from the memories. Tokiko symbolised the lost real time, and she said she would come for Mikage. The time had finally come for him to be released from, released from his illusion of his lost time. This is, all, this is making a lot of sense lot based of sense, on the conclusions yeah. that we yeah. alluded to. But was that really alright? I thought it over. I tried making the person on the other end of the phone line Mikage himself. The path you must take... More dialogue, and this one was actually in the episode. Mm -hmm. The path you must take is no longer prepared for you. Now graduate from this place. Those who reject that place are conversely rejected by it as well. This is the nature of systems. The moment you reject them, you are forced to realise that they're... Realise they're the very ground you're standing on. Mikage noticed the trick behind the system, and he hurriedly attempted revisions. But the adult who created the system just said, Let's not, and unilaterally brought the curtain down. The system of illusion was finished. Mikage could no longer exist there. That's why he disappeared from the memories of those who'd interacted with him. Ooh. So yeah, I think this is obviously... Magic. Obviously, in yeah, obviously magic. <laughs> uh, but in a uh, sort of greater textual sense, you know, we've, we've been sus of uh, Akio for quite some time, mm-hmm. you know. Probably since the moment we met him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I feel like in his first episode, we didn't really have a read on his motivations, but we knew he was—he knew more than he was letting on because we just oh, watched yeah. him talking to the Sky Prince for a while. Mm. Uh, but this last couple of episodes has really driven home that he seems to be the mastermind of this whole series of events. He, uh, he with, seems to be seems the to real chairman of this school. Wield a particular power over reality within the boundaries of this school. Mm. So, as far as I can tell... His sort of end goal seems to be, oh, we we know how to manipulate time and memory, and they're kind of the same, in in a sense. Yeah, right? and it's it's sort of it relies upon people having particular hang-ups because, of course, Mikage was so hung up on uh, mm. the memory of Mamiya, who it turns out died long ago, mm. uh, and likewise the Black Rose duelists, as Mamiya talks about at length this episode, had these moments in their past. They were so keen to cling to to the extent that they would throw away their present relationships Mm. 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 yeah (laughs) yeah it's very it's okay so i think i just blurted out by the end of this episode i was like he got killer seven because it feels a lot like yeah it's killer Killer seven Seven. it's fight club yeah it's uh all those sort of things what's what's other media where it's just like oh reality as you thought it was is not that way yeah well it's for people seeing other people instead and i guess it comes back to um sort of fairy tale nature how a story Mm. can be different in different retellings of it Mm. Uh, and like we we've spent this whole arc being in one telling of the utena story and then at the climax of it reality snaps back and it's like oh no we're in a different telling now where none of that really mattered or happened but still did Mm. 
So it still informs the characters, even though they themselves no longer seem to have experienced it. Hmm. It's well, except Archeo. Archeo seems to know what the yeah. fuck was going on. And Anthe. Supposedly. Anthe cannot be trusted. So okay, so if I understand this correctly, right? Yeah. Spoiler alert for where we're going later. But yeah. at the end, Archeo is talking with Anthe, and Anthe turns around. So, so he, does that mean that Anthe every like so, Saturday or something has been masquerading as the uh, Rose Groom? Mamiya. So that mm. seems to be the implication that uh, the Mamiya that we've been seeing in the present this whole time, and we talked at length about how he had like a strange. Appear, uh, similarity in appearance to Akio, uh, uh, Anthe, Sky Prince. Uh, it seems to be that uh, the Mamiya in the present who plotted with Mikage to kill Anthe mm-hmm. has in fact been Anthe this whole time manipulating the whole Mikage. Game. Yeah, just so that, that Akio could manipulate Mikage because he was like, I'm going to fulfill get- Rose Bride ritual obligations. Yeah. What the f- Anyway. And and in this episode, there's this whole recurring thing of Utena looking for uh, Anthe, who seems to keep disappearing. And I suppose the implication is meant to be like, oh, while she's been going off, she's been posing as Mamiya. Hmm. So not sleeping with Akio. I mean, potentially both. Look, it's it, she got time on her hands in that Saturday, so... I feel like this also retroactively... Um, retroactively justifies the fact that or shores up the reasoning behind the fact that so many of these episodes have just been character studies on the relationships of the student council Mm. uh, rather than Utena actively driving this thing forward because the purpose is for us to know these people better in the long term rather than solving a mystery that in the end doesn't even need to be solved because it never happened Uh. That makes a lot of sense. I What's really going to shore it up as, was this just spinning our wheels the whole time or not for me, mm-hmm. is whether or not the character growth, the, particularly like the the siblings and friends who got black rose, yep. whether or not they, re, they retain that growth mm. now that none of it seems to have happened. I mean, it probably was never going to come up ever again anyway, right? Yeah, like, but you never know. They'll always be there in our hearts. Look, all we know is that we've... Spoilers for a future episode. All we know is we've seen a clip now where in a future episode, Nanami appears to have laid an egg. So... We're ready for it. We're ready for anything. Let's get into our recap. Are you not going to talk about the intro? Good point, Nick. I remembered this time Mm -hmm. after being told four weeks in a row... This is just a fun fact that I found out recently regarding the lyrics of the introductory song to Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant, Mm -hmm. which uh, is singing a lot... We've talked before about it. The lyrics are all about how, like, they'll be together. They remember when they met and they'll be together even if the world keeps conspiring to draw them apart. They're sitting cheek to cheek or some shit. Yeah, yeah. So apparently, like, the first draft of the song wasn't quite hitting the right tone in, for Ikahara. Okay. So he asked the... Uh, How much work did this guy do? I mean, like, hang on, hang on, hang on. I need it better. I mean, that's the whole kind of process of producing a show, right? I guess it is. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Instructed the songwriter, whose name I don't know, sorry, um, to have another crack at it uh, as if it were from the perspective of being sung uh, by one of the characters, like... A, in a breakup, or B, at the end of the story slash relationship. Hmm. Which kind of put it in a whole new light for me, because it's like, oh yeah, I see it. So, should I be hearing the lyrics in terms of a breakup? 
I think it kind of, kind of yeah. I think I think it's worth a crack listening to it or reading it, I suppose, because we don't speak Japanese mm. uh, in that context. So, what does "take my revolution" mean? I mean, that's just that's just animation. That's just some anime bullshit just coming to light. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So let's okay. get into it. Okay. Oh my god, there's so much to dissect. We open. We do on the. Dark undergrowth. The secret underground Black Rose Chamber. I do want to put it out there that uh, we did speculate last episode that Mamiya might not exist as a person but might be a ghost or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, thought We thought maybe he was an aspect of the Sky Prince. We were wrong in that regard, but we, yeah. did, we did tweak to something being up there. But maybe the Sky Prince is Mamiya. Maybe this, I mean, maybe the Sky Prince is Anthe, maybe the Sky Prince is Akio. We just don't know enough. Shit is hard to follow. Uh, so shots of uh, the empty Black Rose cultivation chamber and burning memorial hall uh, and and i believe we get word that it's like this is the last one this yeah, is the yeah. last black rose and and mamiya's like we'll build true eternity on the sacrifice of those 100 duelists it's um the scene of nemoro memorial yeah, from hall last burning episode, to the ground we, we come back to this a few times this episode of um uh tokiko chi uh cheetah Mm-hmm. Yes, Cheetah, not Chiba, which I kept almost saying. Uh, ah, yes, Tokugo Shiba. <laughs> uh, saying to, sh- shaking her um, her brother, Mamiya, mm-hmm. uh, being like, why did you burn the school? Why did you do this? And then it's uh, intercut with Mikage in the present, in the chamber, being like, Utena's strong. Yeah. Maybe I should reach out to her, possibly an alliance, the only winning scenario I can think of. Mm. For such a genius, I can't find my way to wriggle out of this one. And then I'm so delighted that we are back to the student council elevator. Not doing the chicken and egg chant this time, unfortunately. But Nanami proposing to her fellow student councillors that perhaps we should ask Utena Tenjo, the engaged, to join us. Seeing as we seem to be being outmatched by these mysterious Black Rose duelists. Mmm, teaming up. So I think this is another factor that will determine to what degree these things have happened next time. Whether they like, okay, Utena, whether, do you whether, want to be part yeah. of the student council? Or? Whether they are still going to reach out to her in future for that, or mm. if it's all just going to be... And I'd also, I don't think this is the kind of show where there necessarily is a right answer for these sort of time memory things or needs to be one. Okay. Uh, but that's just where, yeah, we're at. We're, f- we're still figuring out where we're at with that in that regard. Okay. There probably will be one answer though. I mean, there might not be. <gasps> Both timelines exist. remain deliciously ambiguous. Ooh. The surrealism grows even stronger. But don't you hate Utena Nanami? I sure do, but we're in deep shit here. Don't worry, I have to keep it together. I'm very smart. She's not my friend, but we do need her. I'm so smart. See, and then Jerry's like, see, Nami, I don't really think we're friends either. What? <laughs> <laughs> then what are we? We're duelists. All we see of this episode. Oh my god. So, yes, there's this whole sequence where Utena is searching everywhere she knows for Anthe. She's like, if she's not here, I actually don't physically know where she could be. Mm. And Choo Choo is trying to get into the watering can. Yep. And then Mikage shows up. They're in the Rose Garden. Hello, Miss Tenjo. <gasps> oh. Have you reconsidered my prospect of joining the Mikage sem- seminar? And she's like, nah. nah. Wait, what? Did we talk about that? What, the Mikage seminar? That's basically what Utena's like. Yeah, pretty much. She's got big jock energy. Okay, so I'll... I th- 
Liam looks extremely excited. It, no, I'm 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 <laughs> consternated. Okay. And this is a discussion that they had in character in an episode of the campaign podcast. Because what? something that has taken on a sort of life on its own recently in extremely online circles of Twitter yeah. is talking about like himbo energy as something mm-hmm. that's kind of a positive of like like a sort of jock character who is stupid but relentlessly positive. Yeah. And obviously that is a that's derived from the word bimbo, which has negative connotations. Sure. Uh, but I feel like Utena has big himbo energy. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, given that she is a woman, it's hard to hard to reconcile the terminology on that. Wait, so should it just be? Shimbo? No, that's bad. Uh, so this, this is the whole bit they did on that campaign episode, trying to come up with a good oh, I see. way to wrap that, ter- to come up with a good new term that represents that. And we don't have JPC to guide us. Actually, he'd left the show by that point. <gasps> uh, oh my God. <laughs> that's neither here or there. Anyway, I, I suppose what I'm just going to... The whole point of this digression is that I think Utena is once again expressing big himbo energy here. Because <laughs> she's like, oh... We did chat about that, didn't yeah, we? I didn't really think about that. I don't, I don't no. really think about anything. I'm too busy playing all the sports. You know, I'm I'm really struggling with school. I'm looking for my friend Anthe. You seen Anthe around? And Makage's like, memory is just a form of power. <laughs> not that I know of, though indeed I have. <laughs> yeah, I'm not smart. Why do you want me? To be honest, I'm attracted to you. And then Lieutenant's obvious reaction is, oh, so that's what this is about. Nick, Awfully I saw... bold of him to put it that way, though. Very... This, that, that reminded me, I saw a Reddit post in the rewatch um, or slash watch oh, uh, yeah. thing that I'm doing where some, it didn't make sense to me at the time, but given this episode, I see it as a possibility, though not ultimately important to the show. Okay. Someone speculating that the over the possibility of Mikage, or Nemoro rather, mm-hmm. and Tokiko being Utena's parents... I see. Though I don't know if I necessarily buy it because Tokiko comes back in the present and is not dead like Utena's parents are. Yeah, I was going to say Utena would have grown up somewhere else, right? Yeah, well, we have seen her in that big cathedral as a child. sleeping in a coffin. But crucially, like, now that Nemoro is free, he could have done Mm. that. He could have had a child in the present. Potentially. Potentially. Which, you know... We, he we, could have died in the we, fire. We've resolved the design similarities between Mamiya and Anthe this episode, and that would account for the design similarities between... Uh, uh, Utena and Makage? Yeah, though, of course, there doesn't need to be a reason for that. It can just be artistic license because they fulfil similar roles well, within I mean, the fiction. You know, if you live long enough, everyone becomes the same anime <laughs> if character. If you live long enough, everyone looks like each other. <laughs> yeah, we all evolve into crabs, you know? Oh. What is that, carcinization? Uh, I believe that's something to do with cancer, but... Uh, yeah, well, that's, that's the same, like, root, right? Because cancer is the crab zodiac. <gasps> My God! <laughs> it all comes back to the crab. Anyway, I'm attracted to you. Come visit the hall. Or if, if you... I'll give you evil therapy if you or a friend you know needs help, needs guidance. Right? I, wait, is this Makage talking? <laughs> that's or basically this... what he says, right? Well, I'm pretty sure Makage is just like, oh, I just wanted you to come by. I'm uh, attracted to you. Because, you know, I've known people for a long time. But then something very weird starts so happening. So this is the first of several things where... The first of the Killer Seven. Mm. In that he sees not Utena. He's, yeah, he's talking to Utena and Utena is talking about Choo Choo. So it's still, it's not like a complete flashback. Mm. But he's seeing Utena as Tokiko. Mm. 
So he's talking to her and being like, you know, you just, I'm, I'm very attracted to you. And now we know why. Yeah, because you remind me of her, I guess. Oh no, because he's seeing Utena as Tokiko. He's obsessed well, with be- the yeah, memory. Because he, <sighs> she reminds yeah. him of her. Well, she feels, she's feeling the archetype of Tokiko in this time. Uh, powerful women. I guess. <laughs> uh... I mean, other than that, they don't seem to have much in common. No, well, other, other than the character design. Of, sense of confidence and uh, I suppose they've got similar hair. Yeah, exactly, right? It's the hair. It's the hair. It's very similar. I mean, similar. completely different colour. Yeah, and definitely <laughs> length. Shockingly different pink hair. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, he starts seeing her as Tokiko. Anyway, yes, and then he's like, come by for the, ther- the seminar for evil therapy because I'm desperate now. And Utena is a little bit weirded out, a bit confused, but ultimately like... What? Flashback to child Utena in the coffin that time. So now we know that this was Utena. Like, it was. Yeah. Amb- it, there was room for ambiguity last time, but child Utena in the coffin, living on, making me sick. I don't want eternity because my parents are dead. And then. And then she's sleeping at the table in the dorm room, and she's woken up, and Anthe is back there, and they're sleeping and holding hands together. Oh, what great friends. Yeah, such nice platonic friends. Oh, so nice. Oh, Anthe, you came back. Anthe, why can't you quit being the Rose Bride? Hmm, friends in trouble. I should go see that guy. <laughs> and, oh, crucial shot of from the opening of their hands being torn apart, symbolising how Utena worries that the Rose Bride duties of Anthe are going to tear them apart. Mm. Is that what it symbolises? Sure. Okay. Because she immediately after says, you can't quit being the Rose Bride, can you? Ah, see, unambiguous. No room for interpretation. <laughs> There's always room for interpretation. Hideo Kojima style. <laughs> And then she's outside Nemoro Memorial Hall being like, excuse me, hello. Is anyone fucking here? This big spooky building. No no one seems to be here. Now, Nick, I'm just... it. This occurred to me about five minutes ago, but I remembered this yeah. shot now. And it makes me think that despite all of our reservations about Anthe not being able to be trusted because of the things we learned this episode, this, this one shot here makes me think that maybe... It's not Anthe doing it's it Anthe, on purpose. It's Anthe, the body, yes. doing it. But yes. that, you know, she may not be aware that she's doing this. Yeah, she's getting Tyler Durden in that she's, she's getting... Yeah, she's being unwillingly Tyler Durden. Yeah, she just shows up and is like, oh, I'm not Anthe here as I point to my brain. Yep. I'm Anthe here as I point to the rest of my body. Well, anyway, so and she wait, she's just like, why am I so tired? Why am I so tired lately? Do you remember as well the previous episode where they she went to the party at, Kir- at Kiryu's house yeah. and she was falling asleep and we thought it was because of the party, but maybe it's because she's been pulling double duty as Anthea and Mamiya this whole time. Ooh. This is fucked. See, we should have known all along. That's it. We <laughs> should have known. This show rules. Anyway, there's an, ex- there's an extended sequence here when Makage fires his secretary. But it's like, hey, I, <laughs> I just this, have to... Why did this happen? Hey, I just need to let you know, I think you're a brilliant man. I think you're a very impressive being, but I need to go. I respect your choice you to leave. You just missed me so suddenly. You've never changed. Anyway, huge respect for you. <laughs> My car's here, but I'm just gonna gonna stand here telling you about our shared history. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, you need to understand that I have to go now. And he says something like, yes, I think you do. And she's like, thank you for your service. <laughs> and it's just like, what? It's like, 
Oh, I'm Makage. I sense the arc is coming to an end. I'm going to wrap up all my loose ends before I cease to exist. Have we ever seen this lady before? I'm 99.9% certain no. Like, she just appears Crucially, the reception desk has always been unattended. Yeah. Because people would ring it and be like, hello. And now it's just like, oh, so that's who was meant to be at reception. <laughs> okay. What the fuck? Meanwhile, Utena is in the foyer looking, and, and we see the secretary pass her with her suitcase. She's, Utena's doing her trademark stretches mm-hmm. uh, and looking at all these uh, black and white photos of... All the old boys, for well, a start. So... It's Mikage um, exposits brief in in short that this is the members of the Mikage seminar. Mm. Uh, this is uh, basically it's all the Black Rose duelists. There's one group shot of all the dead boys. There's a shot of um, Tokiko and an unrecognizable boy Ooh. in uh, the Rose Garden, and they've all of these pictures have, to the extent that it's frankly obscuring the images, <laughs> the. Uh, Rose sigil that we see on the Black Rose coffins uh, that have been carted throughout the Nemora Memorial yeah, and, Hall. In, and in the Evil Furnace Room mm. uh, over, over the image. Yeah. So, Secretary passes by. Yeah, Utena's looking at all the pictures and she's like, oh, there's Kanai and Kazue. Yeah, when she's stretching one direction, everything's fine. When she stretches the other direction, she notices, <laughs> oh, oh, here's all the people I know. And they're all in their evil dueling uniforms. When do they take these photos, she, she wonders. Magic. Of course, famously, there's the sky perverts roost over looking at the dueling <laughs> arena. The bells. They were cameras all along. <laughs> um, we get a shot of the boys who look at Utena. Yep. We love it when the boys look at the camera. Oh, God, it's good. The boys who never existed as dead boys. Ooh. Uh, I mean, they definitely existed. Yeah, but they never died as dead boys. Yeah, they were alive and then became dead no, boys. No, no, they, they didn't. What? Because in when history rewrites itself... Oh, God. Um, Mickey, in the final scene, I think rep- uh, is like, uh, oh, there was a fire, but no one died. Oh. Uh, and then there's a cool sequence here. Where it's like a it's like a dining table with candles just at the front of the hall and flashback voices talking. Hmm. Cool exposition about how Professor Nemoro completed his work. He unlocked the dueling arena that you can see the Sky Castle from. <gasps> Ooh. And now we can safely discard him now that he's done his work. Ooh. Uh, and then I believe Rose Groom Mamiya Mamiya is like you. You unlocked the Sky Castle for them, didn't yeah. you? It's Mamiya, it's Nemoro on a big bed, or chaise lounge. <laughs> <laughs> a big renaissance looking lounger. With Mamiya, um, past Mamiya in his bathrobe, mm-hmm. bringing, uh, and it's past Nemoro rather than Mikage. Mm-hmm. Uh, N- Mamiya bringing Nemoro big bouquet of yellow and red roses. Well, you opened the way to the castle, you did it. They all fear you. They think you almost have eternity. I will not duel, he says. Don't you want the power to revolutionise the world? And then he, like, hides behind his bouquet. That castle is where eternity dwells. This was something else I was thinking about in the intervening week, Nick. Mm. The different... So, I, I based on one of the previous interview notes that I read, I don't think we ever get a clear definition of what to revolutionise the world is, or eternity. Okay. But... We're learning a bit more about what people believe about it this episode, at least, because mm. Mamiya seems to... He's driven for eternity to, um, you know, I think his cognition might be a bit mixed up, uh, to 
preserve the memory of or resurrect or or save the life of Mamiya. That's the inciting incident for him to be dueling. Yeah. But we also talk about at length about how eternity to him is preservation of those precious memories. <gasps> the precious memories. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Because I think multiple people seem to think that eternity in some way is linked to memory. Yeah. Right? Certainly that seems to be the driving factor for the Black Rose duelists. So for Makage, it seems to be, I want to preserve Mamiya because he's and, something and I hold dear. And or Tokiko. And or Tokiko. Some, because they're someone that I hold dear to me. Yeah. But uh, the way to do that is through duels? Question mark? Well, of course, we learned that he's been manipulated by Akio this yeah, whole time. of course. Uh, but lest we forget, their whole plan is to supplant... Uh, Anthe with Mamiya, uh, and then use that to access the power of the castle. Hmm. Hmm. Fuck. <laughs> this single episode has so much. Like, oh my god. We learned so much, and I'm still confused. Yeah. And, oh, it's, a, it's good that we discuss the nature of eternity then, because we're flashing back to the burning hall, and that's what they're doing now. And they're all like, why, why would you burn it down? Why have you done this? Eternity means to last forever. For years, decades, centuries, millennia, millions of years, billions of years, epoch upon epoch, age upon age. And we think this is Mamiya saying yeah. this. My life may be only a fraction of an instant, uh, but eternity is that lasting in- is that instant lasting for millions upon millions of years, never ending. Mm. I want eternity, he says. Mm. And Mamiya keeps hiding behind his mm-hmm. rose bouquet. So, yes, and so... At this point, we're basically watching a silent flashback with narration over it. Yep. Uh, This is the first step towards the task you have. One day, the path to eternity will be open from this school. Mm. Mr. Nemoro. Mamiya did the right thing, he says. I too now wish to grasp eternity. And then, back to present. Mikage is standing next to Utana, looking at the photos. You finally came. I knew you would. Like, because I invited you. And you said yes. (laughs) And Utana's like, that's... What I did. And he calls her Tokiko and he's looking at her and it's Tokiko again. And uh, he's like, ah, yes. You don't have to regret abandoning me. I've done so well for myself. It's still the, as beautiful as the day you left me. I make sense. So this is this scene is great. It's Utena coming to the realisation that Mikage is, at least in this particular instance, the mastermind manipulating her friends. Mm. He's the guy who's been Black Rose and everyone. Yeah. And she's like... Hang on a I second. I haven't been manipulating them. They're the members of the Makage Seminar. They, their memories were important to them, so I stuck them full of black roses. <laughs> Look, they came to me. It was all of their free will. Yeah. Except for that stupid onion knight boy. <laughs> <laughs> he needed a bit of a push. And then there's also a portrait of a uh, child like... Utena. But without a face, as yeah, is a, classic. As is flashback style. Yep, so just a dark silhouette. Yep. And with pink hair. she sees that and she flashes back, um, we'll meet again, my prince, but until that day I won't cry. And uh, Makage basically exposits that every single one of these people had some treasured memory they held on to. Yeah. They wanted to hold on to forever. Okay, so I've got... For th- eternity. This is great. So he's just expositing and he's like, like me, you should be able to make your memories eternal. The world requires it. And he starts to say, the path you must take has been prepared. And he's cut off by an Utena punching him in the fucking face. <laughs> and just falling to the ground, Utena being like, don't you fucking dare. What... She says, who's the world? Don't assume I'm a monster like you. I'll fucking kill you. (laughs) I'll rip your eyes from your fucking mouth. (laughs) 
Uh, and he's like trying to be the puppet master. Oh, you seem to be screaming about your precious memories. And Utena's like, yeah, fuck you. Is I got what precious I'm doing. memories. Yeah. And I got your precious memories right here, punk. Yeah. Bam. And she see, as they're grappling, like he's not doing much, but they're grappling. <laughs> She sees on one of his fingers... The rose sigil ring. <gasps> the signet of the rose. And she punches the ground next to his head and says, I'll see you after class in the, the dueling, dueling arena. arena. And she leaves and he's like, oh, wow. If she hadn't seen my signet ring then, she might have killed me. Mm. Um, so then uh, we Mikage, see the classic... Yeah, he goes and gives himself evil therapy. We go into the, the interview room. The door shuts behind us. And this is where I started to suspect that maybe Mamiya, as we've been seeing him, didn't, ex- didn't exist. Mm. Because he's in the evil therapy room and he's talking to Mamiya. But whenever we see Mamiya respond, it's the memory version of him in the, uh, the Arboretum. Mm. So... He's getting Killer Seven to himself yeah. Look, in that he's seeing the memory of someone that he thought is real, but they don't exist, and it's been him the whole Nick, time. Do you want to explain what Killer Sevening is to, uh, to our listeners who may not have played that game? So spo- <laughs> Briefly, please. Big spoiler warning. Basically, you're playing as a guy named uh, Garcian... Smith. Garcian Smith. I'm Garcian S. Smith. And throughout the game... No, nothing. <laughs> and throughout the game, you're basically told that... The Killer Seven are seven incredible assassins, basically. Uh, now, at first you think to yourself, oh, so Garcian Smith is like the guy who harbors their personalities or something like that, maybe, whatever. And so you think, oh, so in this world, they're different people, kind of. Because we see literal manifestations of them you think, throughout the game. Wait, do you think throughout the majority of the game, do you think they're the same person or do you think that it's just a video game abstraction swapping characters as you need to? The line is a bit blurry. Right. Uh, so you start being like, oh, okay, so they each have their own personality and weapons and stuff. And you're like, oh, so they're all different like personalities, but they're all kind of Garcian Smith kind of, or whatever. But it's- then also uh, you change into a guy named Harmon Smith as well, who's in a wheelchair. Right. There's a maid with him. Um, and it gets very weird and there's all sorts of weird shit going on. But at the end of the game, what happens is you find out that Garcian Smith never really existed in the first place. Uh-huh. Harmon Smith. A classic Mikage, Soji Mikage situation. Yep. He, he sort of perceives that his third eye fucking opens up, right? Sure, we've all been there. Um, quite literally, he grows a third eye and he has explained that he's been some kind of medical experiment... Uh, who killed the seven? Smith, yeah, who killed the seven Smith assassins in a hotel one night, and then sort of just became them. All right. Uh, and so you just go and save or destroy Japan because there's this giant political conflict happening. So to get Killer Seven is to be like, oh, I'm seeing reality in this way, and then at the end just go, wait, it's entirely wrong. And you just start seeing weird shit like, oh, I thought that guy was still real. Oh, uh-huh. no one never one's existed. <laughs> That's kind of what being Killer 7 is. So Mikage's just crying in his little chamber, uh, obsessing over Tokiko, being mm-hmm. like, oh, all she ever does is hurt me and surprise me. She's really come back to me. Oh. Uh, and we never see Mamiya in the same room as him. Yeah. So maybe they're the same person. Mamiya is like in his deathbed or in the rose... He's got Rose Garden being like, are you going to accept the challenge? In the end, we haven't advanced a bit in all this time, but that girl is closer to the power of Dios than either of us. So I've got to sword fight her. So uh, the cocoon, I believe, never changes. 
It's just a cocoon. Wall. Yeah, it just stays as a cocoon the whole time. No butterfly, no leaf. I take this rose which blooms at the end of the world unto me. <laughs> and he stabs himself, but we don't see him stab himself, but man, he probably stabs himself. And we get a nice interlude here because Utena is uh, in the hallway looking at her rose signet ring, pondering it. <laughs> pondering the nature of Duelists. Does, my, does my prince exist? Does dueling have any and meaning? And then once again, she is almost killed by Wakaba jumping on her back at great force and they almost fall out the window. And it's like, hi, it's me, Wakaba. I'm still in the show. You haven't forgotten about your old best friend Wakaba, have you? No, Wakaba, you're great. I'm always on your side, Utena. I certainly never tried to kill you. <laughs> and Utena looks a bit depressed as she's on her back because obviously she has to now carry Wakaba everywhere. Ah, she's used to that. Of course. Uh, shadow Puppet Play. This is about... Um, it's, a young it's, girl and an old father. It's a, it's a Japanese equivalent, but I would say the American equivalent is the uh, washed up like middle-aged man who never got over being the high school quarterback. Mm. Uh, it's the this businessman who like keeps encountering like the pressures of everyday life and being like, Ugh, I used to be the the class president. You know, back in my day, I was the class president. Why do I have to put up with this shit? Yeah. And then uh, wow, his, that's great, Daddy. Yeah, his daughter's like, Dad, that's amazing. He sees like some bad paperwork. He's like, What is this shit? I used to be class president. Dear, you can't just throw your socks anywhere. Oh, but I used to be class president. And then I used to be the quarterback. The punchline is daughter being like, I'm going to school. And then dad, like, No, take that back off. I'm going to school. <laughs> Which is basically what Nemoro's been doing this whole time. Hooray! Clinging to the memory of the past. Wakaba gets the final word. Waving to dad, being like, see you later. <laughs> so then we just smash cut straight to the dueling arena. It's time to A hundred tables have a hundred photographs of Mamiya and Tokiko on them. We are killer sevening hard with Mikage because he only sees Utena as Tokiko now. And, and calls her that over and over again while they're fighting. Straight up, he's just like, this is how reality is for me. Don't know what it's like for you. Perception is reality, maybe. Sword comes out, electric guitar kicks in. And we're doing it. Darkness, burning, puppets given life. The name given is human movement theory. Ah, human movement theory. Do you want me to look into that, Nick? Please. I only want to know more about human movement theory. God, I've been saying things really weirdly lately. Um, okay. So like, just being like, human movement theory, right? It's sort of like, ah, yes. But the other day I was like, ah, good. I think I'll pick up a soft drink. And they, and someone looked at me and was like, a, a fucking what? What the fuck is oh, a Nick, soft drink? Oh. Classic broadcaster brain. <laughs> so what? I don't have a result for human movement theory, but the closest result I could find was, of course... Uh, kinesiology. Which is the movement of humans. The scientific study of hum human or, or non-human body movement. Ah, but what about like displacement theory, you know, like humans moving from place to place. Well Nick, if Google fails us we, we can only <laughs> return to There's only the apocalypse left for us. We can only return to the lyrics of the song. Okay. Puppets given life. Mm. Human movement theory. Mm. The world is controlled by a single being. The rest is imagined puppetry. Okay, it's solipsism. Okay, uh, what the fuck is solipsism again? That's, is it like, the I'm belief. the only being that yeah. truly exists in everyone else's figments of my imagination? Or like uh, NPCs, essentially. Yeah, okay. Philosophical zombies. I'm living in a giant 
AI construction and not, I'm the I only mean, real human. That's a variant, but not okay. necessarily the only one. It's not the true theory. There's also Harahi Suzumiyaism, where you're the, God and the universe exists to serve your wills. And everyone else is there being like, oh, fuck. Okay, th- let's talk about this sword fight. Okay. Um, great bit of budget on the Makage sword as he points it at Utena dramatically and it being like a sort of thin rapier uh, has some bounce to it. It's got a bit of bend. Mm-hmm. They clash, go back and forth. He's being aggressive. Well met. However, you punched my shoulder earlier, so I'm not at my best. So if you win, it's not fair. Uh, so instead of using his left hand to fight, he uses his right yeah, hand very, to fight. Yeah, uh, very The Princess Bride. Mm. Because he has two hands. Sure. You're familiar with that that gimmick in The Princess Bride, though? What, these ambidextrous? Well, it's like um, they're sword fighting. It's Inigo Montoya versus uh, the man in black, a.k.a. Wesley. Who has the... the what is it? The extra... No, no, no. Um, that That's later in the movie. Oh, this okay. Is the, this is the protagonist and... Uh, Inconceivable guy? No! No, the guy who's on the cliff. Yeah. Yes. Inigo Montoya. Yep. You kid my father, prepared to die. Yep. Uh, and uh, played by Mandy Patinkin. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the Dread Pirate Roberts, a.k.a. the Man in Black, a.k.a. Wesley. Yep, Robin uh, Hood. Essentially. Yep. Um, Men in they're tights. sword fighting. And yep. Anig- he's, the Man in Black seems to have Anigo uh, beaten. Oh, the but words. then he's like, ah, but there's one thing you don't know about me. I am not left-handed. And then he switches sword hand and is much better. And then they, <laughs> they go back and forth again. And then he's like, oh, you're very good. But there's one thing you don't know about me. I'm not left-handed either. And they, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bit of it's a bit of that. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Princess Bride's a great movie. Everyone it should is, watch it. It is an excellent movie. Fuck, I should watch it again. Yeah. Like I lose to a manipulator like you, Utena says. And Makage's like, oh sweet innocent Utena. <laughs> real, just real good um, sword play in this duel. Though I did notice that they have been reusing a clip a lot where Utena, Utena gets knocked back and catches herself on, on a, a desk. desk. Yep. Look, if you got the goods, <laughs> it's use a, them it's again. It's a good shot. Use you know? them again. Uh, and I and also I don't think I've been u- reusing shots for this necessarily, but I did notice that there have been a lot of duels lately where Utena barely dodges and like strands of her hair get trimmed. Mm. Like, who's maintaining that do for you, Utena? Oh, I don't really need to cut my hair. You know, I fight a lot of aggressive sword sword duelists who keep it pretty trim. You know, my memories are all about my hair, so it stays eternal. You know how it goes. And he's yelling. All the Black Rose duelists came to me of their own free will. They all come here to attain eternity. And Lieutenant's just like, shut up. You fucking jag. I knew the minute I saw you that you met someone important in your past and they changed your life. And thus the treasured memory has been keeping her up. That's why you can enter the dueling arena. That's why she can embrace eternity. And he's flashing back to Tokiko making out with Akio mm-hmm. and the body shoots and we see, yeah. Stage destiny magic mirror, says the song. Now I shall defeat you, Tokiko, he says. Oh, I'll defeat you time. Yes. Memory. Yes. Of course. Yeah, Tokiko. Yeah. I'll defeat the time and thus become... That has taken the boy and the girl from me. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> just the best retort, just the best retort from our girl, Utena. You're not making any sense. <laughs> so in this moment, old Makage is fighting Tokiko who he believes... He's fighting Utena, who he believes. No, 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 as in he's fighting Tokiko, who he believes... Tokiko is uh, the bad guy because... Because she represents change and accepting the present? I don't know. (laughs) 
You could read it either way because Tokiko ages, but also in his memory, Tokiko doesn't age. <laughs> so, yeah, just like Killer7, if you just play the games and don't read the supplementary material like I haven't. Full moon, mysterious and ever-changing. I am an imaginary destined form at my end. Nick, what you just yeah, said reminded saying? me of Balan Wonderworld. <laughs> Oh god, is that that shitty game? Yeah, that, a recently oh, released fuck. video game that was apparently pretty bad. And one of the reasons it was apparently pretty bad is because they didn't want to tell a story with any dialogue. Mm -hmm. However, there is a companion novel that has a lot of that story within it. Fuck which None of which is effectively communicated by the game. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's like, um... The destiny problem where they're like, oh, look, here's this cool place. Oh, cool. What's cool about it? You'll never know. You got to go to the wiki for that shit. Never resting. Living on in a hollow form. You know, this song is really just spelling out the themes of the story. Mm. Here. <laughs> okay, big sword swipe. Lieutenant does a big backflip and he's like, I knew you'd jump. Classic Tokiko. <laughs> and then a uh, cool shot as we see it from Utena's perspective as she's doing a backflip as Anthe starts to call out to her. And Anthe's like, Utena! <laughs> Himamaya! Utena! And then cut to uh God. Hard hard to vo hard to vocalize what's happening here right uh -huh. now. But it's cut to flash of Tokiko and Yeah, of, of Makage remembering Tokiko and uh Mamiya. As Mamiya says, Soji, you're going to lose. She will scatter the rose you're wearing. And he stops. Where are you? What? Huh? And... Where are you talking Then about? he glances down at... This is where things start to get really trippy. He glances down at one of the photos on the desk. And he mm -hmm. sees it's Tokiko and an unfamiliar boy in the clothes of the person we recognise as Mamiya. Mm. And he's like, what? Who is this? Huh? And then uh, Utena has completed her power up the sword with Anthe backflip. And uh, Anthe's got her arms in that weird position. Yeah, real YMCA. Yep. Uh, she's, Utena has flipped to a reverse grip. Sky Prince on his way down uh, as Mamiya, the Mamiya we recognize in memory, is like, you can't beat her. Power up the sword. You will never beat my sister who dwells in your memories. Uh, of course, referring to how, as we've said at length, uh, Mikage is essentially fighting his memory of Tokiko here, yep, yep. as personified by Utena. Uh-huh. And hearing the voice of Mamiya... Telling him that he'll never win. Because he's fighting his sister, but because he's seeing Utena as Tokiko, that who is Mamiya's sister. Yeah. Brother. Yeah. Who is Mamiya's sister. Yeah. Mamiya's sister, yes. <laughs> You're doing that thing that I always do, where you reverse <laughs> the relationship or the name. Oh, God. Because you get too excited. Oh, God. Uh... Sky Prince comes down, and then we see the burning of the hall as it actually happened, if indeed it did happen. And then we get which it, fight it did happen because the hall is yep. now ruined in the present. We get uh, the f we get Fight Clubbed to fuck now yep. because basically Mamiya starts explaining, "Hey, we who really burned down that yeah. hall? Though I like will defeat you and gain the power to change the world." And it's the completion of the flashback, the slap, the framing always led me to believe was coming, but d didn't. Fire Finally happens as slap Nemoro's glasses clatter to the ground. Oh, it's good. It's good stuff. So I took everything upon myself, even your brother's crime, he says. And slap and Mamiya says, Soji, take a good look. Who was really there burning the hall? And it is in fact Nemoro holding the candelabra. Yeah, AKA Mikage. 
And then his memories clarify and he remembers what Mamiya actually looks like, that unfamiliar boy in the photograph. Why, then who is the Mamiya that I've been talking to? It's been decades since I've seen you. Ooh. Anthony does her signature forward strike and wins, though we do not see it. And now it's just a huge shot of the tea room in Archeo's office. Mm-hmm. And he's on the phone talking to Mc- to Mr. Nemoro. Oh, uh, yes, I thought you'd call. Yes, I, you see, I used your memories of your companion Mamiya and your lingering regret over Tokyo, Tokiko to turn to create an illusion of memory that turned you into Nemoro to advance my own ends. <gasps> so this, this is obviously quite trippy, so I want to read some dialogue verbatim. Okay. The time you spent knowing, not growing up, as you kept possibilities hidden in your heart, proved useful to me. So that's that's the whole Tokuko and this is yeah, this is essentially the the creation of the Makage persona yep. to serve Akio's ends. Yep. Uh, as you kept possibilities hidden in your hearts, proved useful to me. But that's all over now. The path you must take has not been prepared for you. Now graduate from this place. <gasps> Reality snaps back. So this whole time when they've been saying the path has been prepared for you, is that just saying you're not going to move forward through time because you hold onto the memory too dearly and thus the path is just a circle? Well, if the path has been prepared for you, that's obviously, um, it's, it's Makage in that context telling them uh, the path has been prepared. The path is to uh, defeat Utena, kill Anthe, and then attain eternity based on the memories you want. Mm. The path has not been prepared for you is... Go out, live your life. Things are uncertain as they are in reality. You have to accept that you can't hold on to your memories forever. You gotta live. Go out into the world. Live, and snake. Make Look at new the caribou. Memories. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I'm a musher. And now I don't know if this is. I don't know if this is. If we are seeing the actual slash new version of the conversation that Mickey and Utena had uh, at the start about Nemoro Memorial Hall. Yeah. Or if it, this is just. The present present and they are having an equivalent conversation. I can't remember how much it lines up. Mm. Uh, but they're in front of this ruined building that we recognise as the the shell of Nemoro Memorial Hall. Uh, and it's like, oh man, we're in some weird place while we're looking for Anthe. And Mickey's like, oh yeah, there was a big fire here a long time ago. Uh, but no one was hurt. Well, that was a long time before the Shinkansen mis- existed, so there's no records from it. Oh. I can't remember the name of the building, though. It was Kichiro Memorial Hall or something? No, it's not right. Mm. And uh, they just go off. It's not, not an important place anymore. And then we see... Slash never was, question mark. Yeah, and then we see the Rose Groom back in the, the tea room area. Yeah, Akio behind him. Do you feel sympathy for that, that man? He's not at the school anymore. It doesn't matter. Puts the hand on the Rose Groom's Rather, shoulder. Okay, yes. So this is some clarifying dialogue. Do you feel sympathy for him? But he isn't at this school anymore. Rather, he was he never really was in the first place. Just like you. And then he's got his hand on Anthe's shoulder. <gasps> Anthe was him Anthe the whole was the person time. we thought was Mamiya. We got Killer Seven ourselves. God, that's a lot. So... So what we think has happened, <laughs> right? And and this is what I was saying. Like, this is what we think has happened. There may not be a... A, a hardline answer. And there may not need to be a hardline answer. So what we think has happened is that Anthe was the Rose Groom the whole time, masquerading as the memory of, of Mamiya. Mamiya. Uh, which accounts for those similarities in appearance. Mm. Um, and, and and why, bro- why Tokiko's brother looks so different from her. Yes. So... She was being used by Akio, question mark? And willingly or 
not well, it, it remains a question as to whether or yeah. not she was doing this willingly or as accounting for her unexplained tiredness lately mm. uh, was in some sort of fugue state. Mm. So she was masquerading as Makage in order to keep Nemoro slash... Wait, masquerading as Mamiya in order to keep Nemoro slash Makage... At the school. At the school to further... To do Akio's Black Rose Duelists to further Akio's ends. ends. Now, yes, so the question that, that remains is whether she is a willing or unwilling participant. No, I'm or willing. an aware or unaware participant. And we're thinking unaware because she's like, why am I Because she's losing so time. Tired? Yes. Um, so she's either lying yeah. to Utena and can't be trusted, or mm-hmm. she is an unwit- unwitting pawn. Mm. I'm willing to bet unwitting pawn. Time will tell, or will it? Ooh. <laughs> okay, great episode, great conclusion to the arc, presumably. But there what may, a may, filler arc. There may be some... No, it's not filler at all. We've learnt so much. Oh yeah, we've learnt so much, but at the same time, it's like... Nothing has progressed, so it's still technically filler. Well, we don't know that nothing has progressed yet, is the thing. As I said, mm. those characters who had those personal realisations may have still had them. Mm, true, true. Time and reality are kind of in flux at this school. Yeah, which is fucking dope. The fact that it's like, I really like this idea. But- I fucking love this idea that it's like, if you're holding on to your memory hard enough... You'll never age. And of course, like, we we are talking about time and reality a lot, um, but it's also important to acknowledge that it's fiction. So fiction Mm. is mutable. Mm. I mean, yes. But like, you know, we're talking about the show and it's hard not to talk about it in its own terms as a coherent reality, even though it it itself is not presenting a coherent reality. Does that make sense? No. No, Good. because it has its, <laughs> because it has its own logic, Liam. It has its own well, logic to it's work. Really on. coming back to that thing that we were interested to see uh, as we were starting this show, where we knew it, it deployed a lot of abstract symbolism and atypical storytelling. Mm. This is really driving the, the that first super explicit, yeah, uh, part of that. Because we thought, oh, a little bit surreal with the fights. Not too surreal, but a little bit. And then we're getting more and more surreal in that. But this is the first storytelling kind of narrative moment where we're like, oh yeah. my Frankly, god. Frankly, this shot was only getting more and more interesting the longest we yeah. spent with it. Uh, of course, first we thought we'd just do the first arc, then watch the movie. Then someone said, oh, you should definitely do at least the second. But I think now we're committed. We are going full ham. Yeah. I think someone said, watch it all, then the movie, because the movie is just like... You're not going to know what's going on in the movie unless you watch the show because it's a real kind of, not a, not a fan service thing, but it's like, a, oh, I recognise this, but now it's doing it slightly differently, maybe? Yeah, that makes sense. Based on some clips that I've seen uh, of, like, I watched the duel with Sionji in it, mm. and I watched the duel with... Uh, Kyrie? No. Uh, Jury? Jury. Mm. The good fights. Weird subtitle in the duel with um, Jury in it mm. because... Uh, I mean, weird dialogue. The first time I watched it, Latin last time we discussed it, I'd only seen an unsubtitled version. So the dub? Or No, Japanese unsubtitled. Okay. Weird. What? That it was unsubtitled. That it was just Jap- it was just Japanese footage. Yeah, I, I know, yeah. I know, but that's what I'm saying. I it's just like... wanted to see what the fight choreography was like. Mm. Uh, anyway, then I saw a different video that was subtitled. And what was really weird in that was um Unlike in the show, um, this duel is taking place like it's a huge public spectacle. Everyone's watching, um, oh. which is very different in its own right. But the weird thing is, uh, 
as Jury and Utena are shouting at each other, mm-hmm. one of them shouts something about like, you'll never defeat Kiryu like this or something like that. And then Mickey is watching up in like some student council stand with Kiryu. And, and Mickey's leaning forward. stopwatch. He leans forward. He's leaning forward and he says, huh? Who's this Kiryu standing right next to Toga Kiryu? What? Yeah. I don't know. What the fuck? Okay. Weird. Don't know what's going on there. Maybe I'll watch that movie one day. So, Nick. Yes. Highlights and lowlights for this episode. The terms of a duelist. Oh, God. A lot of uh, good stuff going on here. I mean, I love a good killer seven. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love a good, like, unveiling of, did you know that due to the medium of our presentation... Everything you knew everything, was wrong. Yeah, everything you knew was actually not that, but it still makes perfect sense. And you're like, what? Like, love me some Fight Club. Love me some 12 Monkeys. Love me some Killer 7. Those are the only three movies that come to mind regarding reality yep. bullshit. So is this your highlight or your low light? I would genuinely... Okay, this is my... Hey fans, please make recommendations to me for films like... Oh, that fuck you with, with you through storytelling. Yeah. And perceptions of reality. Because I, I... Like Inception, right? Everyone at the time was like, Oh, it's so mind fucky. And I was like... It was fine. It? It's fun, but like... It's, it's no not Paprika. Really... I still haven't seen Paprika. I know Time Crimes is nice and fun, um, but it's very like, oh, this isn't really melding with my understanding so much as I can see what's coming from a mile away. It's just how we get there. That's fun. Um, But things like this where it's like, no, 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 no. The big twist is shit is not what you think it is. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, like the usual suspects. I haven't seen the usual suspects. It's like now you see me. <laughs> where Nick, just give me your freaking highlight or low light. My we're, we're highlight, running along. My highlight is gonna be when Makage remembers things correctly and he's like, wait a minute, that's not Mamiya at all. I have to graduate from this place. So then who was Mamiya all along? That was pretty good. And it oh. happening mid-duel. Yeah. The icing on the sauce. Oh my god, the climactic fight. Oh, oh. That was god. a good duel, good duel. The fact that Anthe was there as well is just like adding insult to injury. Right. My highlight, mm-hmm. and the fact that Anthe, unknowingly or not, was conspiring to get herself murdered. <laughs> what do you mean? Think it? Oh, as in like Anthe herself. Anthe as Mamiya. Yeah. Conspiring to have Anthe as Anthe killed. But then they knew that they Utena They knew that Utena always... could oh. do the business. Oh. Aki, are you scheming fuck? Um, my highlight, uh, Utena achieving clarity and punching Makage in the face. <laughs> you literally were just like, oh, fuck yeah, when that happened. Provisional low light. Uh-huh. Time will tell whether or not this is <laughs> followed up in the future. Time. Yep, time. Mm. Uh... Student council members being like, we need to reach out to the engaged to see if they will assist us in this, Utana, mm. uh, to see if they will assist us in this other group and yep. then just disappearing from the episode. Yeah. My low light was the weird secretary being fired. <laughs> that because, because I was like, what the Why f- are we what? spending so much time on this? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I get it though. It's like, um, it's, it's Makage realizing he, that he's up to his last black rose. Mm. Doesn't like his chances, but win or lose, this is the end of his scheming. Mm. Time to wrap up loose ends. We never met her before. No, she didn't matter. So why did we spend so long on her from afar? I shrugged. Oh, like Atlas. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, Nick. Yes. The Black Rose saga seems to have come to an end. <laughs> seems to, doesn't it? Seems to, <laughs> but you never know. Yeah, well, apparently nothing matters. You never so. know anything in Utena. Jesus Christ, man. Uh, the student council may or may not be reaching out to Utena, depending on how much they remember. Yep. yep. Uh, Akio is up to some business. Athi has been compromised. What will happen <laughs> next time yep. on Revolutionary Girl Utena? In the episode entitled The Secret Nanami Diary. Don't you fucking tell me. <laughs> Next episode is a Nanami episode. Yeah, I love a comedy Nanami oh, episode. Yes, okay, all At, right. But broader question as well, what will happen? In future. Okay, let's 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 stick with the specific next step and then we'll start getting broad. Yep. So Nanami's secret diary yes. is obviously her diary regarding her love for Kiryu. Which uh, some Sayonji public posts it. <laughs> but maybe she'll be like, no one is allowed to know what's in this diary. And then one day the vermin show up. Uh, wait, when you say the vermin, do you the mean three, the, the three girls? Who are not the vermin in the context of the episode vermin, but yep, go on. But we, we know them now as the vermin. Okay, um, canon. So the vermin will show up and they'll just be like, have you ever wondered what's inside what's that What's in diary? the secret Nanami diary? And then it will just be them attempting to find it, but Nanami holds it to her oh. chest at all times. Mm. And they're just really curious to say, but we really want to serve her better. So we need ah. to know more about what's going on in that diary to know what's happening. So they'll just constantly be trying to get at it. Or maybe it'll just be like... And what will Utena be up to? I reckon Utena will be... Utena will play some sports and have one conversation. <laughs> what if it's Utena and Anthe just going around being like, does something seem different to you? No, I don't think uh, so. Reckoning with their their elastic reality. Yeah, exactly. Just kind of going around making jokes about how it's like everything seems bright. I feel like than we spent a lot of time doing something lately. Do you feel tired? It's like I do feel tired. It's like, hmm, maybe we should get you some like sleep medication or something. It's like that would be nice, you know? But nothing of importance. Okay. That's what I reckon's gonna happen in that episode. Mm -hmm. Broader speaking. <laughs> What What's the conclusion coming up now? Because I mean, Akio's got to be the ultimate antagonist, right? Unless Anthe herself is. Well, I was thinking, like, the prince... If if the prince, we think, looks like... Because at The first, prince looks like Akio and Anthe. Well, yeah, because we were thinking that the prince looked like the Rose looks Groom like, a yeah, bit. Yeah, who is Anthe? Who is Anthe now? So what if the prince is actually Mamiya? No, because Mamiya himself looked different. We've seen him. But it's now a warped memory of Mamiya. Ah, oh, I don't buy it. Like, like some kind of weird, like, I kept the memory of you, but I the manipulated The memory of a memory. It. Yeah, the memory of that boy that we mm. knew that was helping Mikage. I kept you, and that's the memory that I implanted into his head via Anthe and some weird magic bullshit. Oh, I don't buy it. Okay, well, what if... What if it's about Akio being like, we've unlocked all the doors, but now we've never gotten this far. We need to tread lightly. Will we have a new... Because obviously we're obviously going to work our way through the student council again. I hope not, but yeah, <laughs> go on. Will we have a new person manipulating them in the way that Nemoro was manipulating their associates? Okay, well, for a start... Or will it be Akio himself? Well, for a start, we can basically assume now that the end of the world... Is Akio? 
Because yep. Akio is the one giving them the Taskmaster envelope. Well, as we discussed last time, it's either the end of the world is Akio or end of the world is the Sky Prince who Akio is acting mm. on behalf of. We don't have a, enough clarity of information there. Personally, I'm expecting at this point that they're one and the same. Yeah. What about... Hmm. I feel like the Sky Prince can't be Akio though. Because it feels like the Sky Prince is locked away in his castle. Yeah, but it could be like aspects of a person, you know? Mm. It's all very metaphorical. The Sky oh, Prince represents God, what he can become. Oh, eternity. <laughs> okay, so... And when will Kanai return? Kanai? His fiance. Oh, she's long yeah. gone. Just know? like we'll never see Nemuro again. Yep. We'll never see Kanai again. We'll, ne- we'll probably see Kozue again. Wait, who's Kozue? Mickey's sister. Yes. She's been in every Mickey-focused episode. Yeah. Okay, well, if it's not... Okay, I want to just guess that it's not going to be fighting student council again, but... But we know it will be. I get Because we've seen that one clip of the show that made us watch this show, which was (sighs) Utena dueling Mickey with a heap of red cars around. So they're going to fight through all the student council members again. Yep, Nanami's going to lay an egg. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, Batman something something smells. And Akio got away. So, okay, so then what's what's going to... So Utena's ultimately mm. going to have to discover and reckon with the fact that Akio is manipulating Anthe. Now, is because she going to pick... Of course, hearkening back to Arc 1, mm. Utena's whole thing like has been, I respect Anthe as a person. I want her to make her own decisions and be a normal girl. Yeah. So discovering that whatever he's doing to her has got to surely be the ultimate unacceptable conduct... Mm. So is she going to be like, Akio, I need to kill you in order to free Anthony? Or at least ritually defeat you, I assume. Yeah, or is there some kind of other like, ah, oh, in order to become the chairman, I have to defeat the chairman. Or does, uh, does Anthony have to seize self-actualization mm. and break away herself? Yeah. What if it's, oh, the Rose Bride defeats Utena in order to become to engage, actualized. Engaged herself. Right? So that's <laughs> it, right? But, oh, there's so many twists. Yeah. Well, we so know possible we we learnt um, recently, of course, that the reason Kiryu was so absent in this arc uh, is that his voice actor had a conflict in season two. But uh-huh. I I see no reason why he wouldn't return for season three. Mm. I'm just thinking, like, now that we have this whole time shenanigans going on with yes. eternity and stuff, so now can we safely say that everyone at this school that's holding on to that treasured memory is immortal, basically? No. Okay. But there's some weird time shit going on with memory. Yes. Hmm. What if? But it's, it, it's kind of like yeah. I think I think you're thinking too literally. Well, what what if Utena holding on to the memories of her prince, of, which brought her to this school, which yeah. got her involved in this whole situation? But now it becomes a strong memory with the Rose Bride. What? Okay, so it started off as the prince, right? And she yeah. was like, she has strong memories regarding the prince. But what if Arkeo's endgame is, ah, you had strong memories about the prince, but now you also have strong memories about the Rose Bride. I don't, and there's some weird shit going on I, there. I'm sorry, I'm not... Are you saying, like, Mem- Nemoro-style changing her memories? Yeah, or? something like that. Or, or not, like, killer sevening her, but just being like, I'm trying to create the strongest memory. I'm trying to mm. revolutionise your memory. I don't... I don't, I don't because, I don't. after all, the world is spoken through genes... And through <laughs> memories. I don't know. I feel like the memory thing was kind of the theme of this arc. I feel mm. like we're probably going to move on from it oh. next. Okay. What if Utena is going to have to fight the prince in the castle? I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest. Because, yeah. like, 
there's been this, you know, the whole Sky Prince possession sword charge move. Like, obviously that's been key to many of her victories. Mm. I feel like it would be a good moment of self-actualization for her to have to oppose and overcome that. What if there is no prince in the castle? It's perfectly possible. Like, what like, if? It's the, I like, in doing that move, she is channeling the idea of the prince yeah. she wants to be. Uh, and that is being visually represented to us, the viewer. By the prince. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I think we can safely say we have no fucking clue. But we're excited to find out. Fuck am I. JoJo's World. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Been a while since uh, I've asked for a review, but uh, with part six coming up, I'm sure nature will be healing and many of the JoJo's podcasts will be emerging from their hibernation. <laughs> and as we, as so too will the JoJo's podcast listeners. So, uh, you know, log on to iTunes or Spotify or whatever and give us a kudos or whatever Spotify does. Give us like a nice thumb. Yeah. You know, give us your thumb, listener. Give us all your Much thumbs. appreciated. Does help listening. Mm. Um, and it helps my thumb necklace. Nick writes our theme music. Boy, do I. Milkjuice.bandcamp.com Have you put the rose vibe on Bandcamp yet? Shit, I haven't. Well, do that because every epi- episode note says it's there. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I will do that at some point tomorrow. And until next time... To, to be, be continued. continued.